0: So I saw uh, an ad online, some of you have told about this already, a few weeks ago, about housing prices in West Vancouver in the 1950s. And there were these lovely houses, ranchers, I think, both of them. Um, And you could see the sale price, and it also listed in the newspaper ad, the down payment, and so anyway, the houses were eight and nine thousand dollars. This was in the late fifties, I think. And I think the down payment required was one hundred and seventy-four dollars, or something like that, and maybe one hundred and ninety on the other one. It then had because there was the ad, and then there were a little bit of commentary on it in this internet post. The commentary took the price of the house at the time of the ad and then said in today's dollars, what that cost would be um, based on other uh, things other than housing, how things other than housing have gone up. So the house that was around $8,000 today, apparently by that internet example, would be about $85,000. It of course also pointed towards how much salaries have gone up and they have not gone up as you know, anywhere near the amount of housing prices, of course, the idea there being, and thanks be to God, my father was very great with this. He did well in life um, but he always said to me, Todd, I had it easier than anybody ever my 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 cohort, my generation. He said, I did two years of technical school, got out, picked my job as long as I didn't do anything stupid, I kept getting um, promotions, and he said your generation and then the one that follows has things much, much more difficult. If, if you work just as hard as I do, you won't be able to succeed in the same way that financially that I have. It's harder. I bring this up because Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, is often a uh, something that and well-meaning and god bless you if you've done this it's a good thing because you did this from your heart i hope um intending to encourage graduates but this is a verse that sometimes gets written in high school or college graduates uh congratulations cards Uh, i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plan to give you hope in a future in other words you're going to soar like an eagle you know, you can hear this in commencement speeches, things are going to go great for you. But the reason I give the example of the housing prices is that part of and and the sentiment of, of wishing people well and saying, you know, God is with you is a good sentiment. But part of what we probably want to hold in our minds is what are the things that those people who are entering some time other than the time they're in? What are their actual concerns? What are they thinking about? And what are the likely what are the challenges um, what's actually likely to happen. So if you're entering a time as a young person where you're facing these real financial challenges that your parents did not face, um, then there's, that, that's a the big reality. When Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 was written, it was written at a time around exile to a, a group of people, a nation of people who were going into exile for multiple generations, 70 years. In other words, their homeland was being effectively destroyed and taken over. There are scenes in Jeremiah and Lamentation of terrible destruction. And God is saying to those people who are going into exile, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. The problem is that the people to whom he's saying that will virtually all, we could say all actually, but virtually all die in exile. That's what they're facing. So the idea that, you know, things are going to be great for you from now on with their own category of what that means is, is a little, there's there's more depth there. So last week and the week before we asked in church, what does it mean that God watches over us, watches over me? You would say it is a prayer. What does it mean, Lord, that you watch over me? This week and next week, the question is, What am I supposed to feel about the future? And how can I have hope? What am I supposed to feel about the future? And how can I have hope? Will I be okay? And does God promise me that I will be okay? What does it mean? So just a couple of teaching points pointing towards these things. um, And we'll fill them out a little more next week in person. But just as we can think that, you know, young people today graduating or entering in some, some challenges are much worse and others are, other things are easier. But for these people, why would God say this to a group of people in, in the words of Jeremiah, give these words to the prophet, to say to a group of people who were going into much more difficulty, um, they're going to lose things, not gain things for the most part. So the first point is that the future is our future. (laughs) Um, The Bible usually, not always, but usually with pronouns, the pronoun you is speaking plural. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He's speaking to a nation. Um, He's speaking actually, and this is very Old Testament and New Testament, though. He's actually speaking to more than one generation i know the plans i have for you what if god says the plans i have for you are good but in the same way that he said to these people then he's saying that to you and kids grandkids or people around you friends members of christian community and others so often there's a different meaning in that right Secondly, or not secondly, sorry, in that same part with the you that is plural, the realization that what it means to be okay and have blessing has to do, I'm just going to name this, has to do more with relationship with others, even across generations, and relationship with God, than it does to do with uh, monetary security, financial success, Most of the joy and struggle in our lives comes from relationship, but most of the things that we try to teach people in terms of, you know, growing up, development, um, have to do with monetary things. You just have to look at university and such, Um, even what we consider to be successful. I always think it's a little bit funny that we consider Elon Musk to be one of the most successful people in the world and even one of the smartest. He's definitely smart in some ways. But in relationally, I would argue (laughs) that there's not a lot of relational intelligence there. Um, But our world has said one thing is smart and successful. And so God's promise is better than that. Um, So he's going to say later on to these same people, um, settle down, plant gardens, marry, this is an exile. So it's about our future. And it's and the promises together. Secondly, uh, just we are, as Christians, to be eschatological people. I'll spell that word next week, maybe, or but most of you know it by now. And that is that we are to understand uh, that an easier way to put this is the future determines the present. In other words, the reason we have hope is because we know this is my Christian faith. It's slightly different than some of the things that were handled, handed to me, so my belief has changed that all things are redeemed in Jesus Christ, whatever that means. And while I'm not a universalist, I'm not saying all people are saved, that's not my business. Scripture is clear that all things will be redeemed in Jesus Christ. So the hope that I have in Jesus means I can live with hope today. So this is eschatological. And all of these promises, obviously God was speaking to those particular people at the time. But any promise of God like this always has that eschatological element that we believe is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It's important to know that. And finally, um, the last point I have is kind of holding these things together. And this is, this is more of a devotional point or pastoral point. That the truth is, even though we say to one another, you know, God is with you, he's going to prosper you, Whatever. The truth is that we don't entirely know what the outcome will be and what the steps along the way will be. And so we have to hold these two things together, the loving kindness of God, that he is with me, and I know he is for my good. But I know that I can face suffering as well. And so I have these models in Scripture, you know, though there's no nothing buds, nothing is coming to life on the vine, though the storehouses are empty yet I'll praise him or as Job says, though he slay me yet I will trust him. This is a hope that you may have seen in other people. um, And it's a hope in the future that is beyond just our circumstance. So those are kind of the little points that we'll work through um, with the, the final declaration that the Christian ought to be the most hopeful person in the room because we have a wider view of God's blessing than simply all things will work out for me on a day-to-day basis. We trust in something so much more. And of course, you've heard this before, many of you. It's the revelation to Julian of Norwich that she sees in seeing the sacrifice of Jesus. All will be well. All will be well. All manner of things shall be made well so we pray that we would see this and know this and and be willing to dig a little bit deeper with verses like um Jeremiah 29:11